You're listening to the audio version of Victory Condition Gaming, sponsored by Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts in Barrie, Vermont. You can check them out online at forgetmenotflowersbarrie.com. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, search for Victory Condition Gaming, and you can also follow me on Twitter at DougVCGaming. And if you'd like to watch us live every week, make sure to subscribe to Victory Condition Gaming on YouTube. Hey everyone, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, we had just found out the day before that uh, Kobe Bryant and that whole helicopter uh, accident happened. Um, so uh, this episode, I'm going to actually uh, tell you a little bit of uh, about a story that I have with Kobe Bryant. I had a personal experience that, uh, you know, back about 20 years ago that I, that uh, you know, uh, I'd like to share and let folks know uh, my interaction with, with Kobe. Uh, I know that's not typical of this, of this uh, podcast content, so... Uh, if it's not something that, that you're interested in hearing, uh, uh, you know, feel free to tune in for the first like 30 minutes or so of the show. Um, if you'd like to stick around and, and, and hear hear uh, my encounter or my experience with, with Kobe, I, I'd love to have you listen to it. Um, it's unfortunate uh, everything that happened, and and uh, yeah, I uh, we'll talk about it more uh, during the future content. So, uh, like I said, it's not typical of the uh, the podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time and, and it's something that uh, you'd like to hear, you know, feel free to, to fast forward about the 30 minute mark and, and I'll be glad to share you, share that story with you. But uh, I just want to let folks know in advance. All right, let's get to our show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Chaotic Goodcast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Doug Shute, and with me are my fellow casters, Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. The Force will not be with your wallet this week. <laughs> Artist and author and illustrator and pretty much everything else of Story Comic, Barney Smith. What does a, what does a zombie vegetarian eat? I don't Brains. Oh, God. <laughs> and of course, our chaotic good cast would not be complete without our geek of the north, Jason Hunt. Canada is like your attic. You forget that it's up there, but when you do go, you're like, wow, man, look at all this great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, let's go to our first segment, segment, new at the store. Ben, take it away. All right, so we've got a bunch of stuff hitting this week. Uh, a few of the ones I wanted to highlight are two expansions for uh, very popular games, as well as a whole glut of Star Wars gaming from Fantasy Flight. Uh, so first up, we have the Japan and Italy map collection for Ticket to Ride. Uh, this is the seventh map collection that they've put out. Uh, in these two uh, boards, the Japan half, you work on connecting the different areas of Japan, but also uh, city uh, stops within Tokyo itself. Uh, there's also a new route uh, that is reserved for the bullet train network. And these are routes that once constructed, any player can use to help complete their, their routes. Uh, on the Italy uh, side, uh, the game board is divided into regions and you'll score points basically at the end of the game, depending on how many regions you're able to connect. Uh, in in your in your route, they also have a few uh, ferry routes that connect some of the uh, water spaces and everything. Uh, so you'll have to keep different cards to connect those as well. 
Um, so there's. I went, uh, I went a different way with fairy. That's why I was confused for a second. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I was like little little woodland creatures. <laughs> no, no, that that's for the Ireland. Uh, yeah, that would be the Irish around. version. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it looks like these two new boards are going to kind of like all the other map collections do just kind of mix up the base uh, base gameplay a little bit and provide a little something extra for the ticket to ride people that uh, are are still building and maintaining their railroads years and years after this game first came out. Such a fun um, game. Yeah, it's a great. It's a great game. Uh, next up, we've got the uh, what I believe is the second expansion for Terra Mystica. Uh, this one is called Merchants of the Seas. Uh, this will allow the board to kind of start taking advantage of the river spaces that are on the board. You'll be able to build ships uh, and a new building, the shipyard, which allows you to send your ships further and score different victory points that way. Uh, it doesn't look like it adds a ton in terms of new mechanics outside of that shipping thing, though. Uh, they did say it would um, allow you to uh, combine it with the Fire and Ice expansion, uh, even though the Fire and Ice expansion is not required to be able to use this expansion either. Okay, that's nice. Uh, and then we've got a huge list of Fantasy Flight stuff. Uh, so we're seeing the first two ships uh, from Star Wars Armada uh, that we have seen in a long time for this game. We have the Nadiri Starhawk expansion pack and the Onager class Star Destroyer uh, expansion pack. These are kind of fun and unique because these were ships that appeared in books and novels first and then have mm. kind of been incorporated into the, the cinematic and the visual world as well. Uh, the Starhawk, a lot of people know from the Aftermath book trilogy, and the Onager class Star Destroyer was actually mentioned in like a little reference book uh, in uh, 2018, and now has come uh, to be actually realized in a tabletop medium, which is, it's cool that they're grabbing from those more supplemental things and not just drawing directly from all of the... Uh, all the movies and everything. So. Is this stuff that's been wiped out by the movie side of things? No, these were actually after the uh, after, after the that? Disney ac acquisition. So these okay. were created in the okay. in cool. in the other media and then produced later on. So they're still part of the canon then. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. Star Wars yep. has always had cool capital class ship designs. They've they've always been great at that. Yeah, and these 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 look really cool. So definitely uh, for those listening to the podcast. Uh, Give them a Google and uh, and check them out because they are some really, really neat designs. Uh, in Star Wars X-Wing, we have two ships from the Star Wars Resistance uh, animated series. We have Major Von Reg's TIE and the Fireball expansion pack. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with that cartoon series, it kind of bridges the early uh, part of the lead up to the, the sequel trilogy. We kind of see some of the um, the founding of the resistance and how that really starts to grab and uh, and take root uh, with the the new the first order starting to make an appearance in in the areas around the galaxy. Uh, and then finally, Star Wars Legion has uh, let's see, we've got two operative uh, expansions. We get uh, a Luke Skywalker and a Darth Vader operative. Uh, so these won't be the leaders of your army, but they can still come in and wreck a lot of havoc, big heavy hitters. We have two 
terrain expansions. We get the Imperial Bunker from the Battle of Endor and also the Crashed Escape Pod from A New Hope. Uh, the Crashed Escape Pod from A New Hope also comes with C-3PO and R2-D2 figures. So we're a lot of, awesome. a lot of Rebel players are very excited to add those characters to their games. And then the four other expansions that are coming out this week um, are basically just upgrade expansions for existing units. So you'll be able to get new weapon options and upgrades for your Stormtroopers, your Rebel Troopers, your B-1 Battle Droids, and your Phase 1 Clone Troopers. Uh, so it is a good time to be a Star Wars gaming fan, uh, okay. but your wallet will not appreciate yeah, yeah. what's coming out. <laughs> like this they opened week. up a warehouse and said, okay, this is all the stuff we haven't set yet. <laughs> Shove. Yeah, that, that's an interesting uh, strategy by Fantasy Flight. They don't usually do this, right? They don't usually Market just saturation. dump a whole lot of releases yeah. all at once, do yeah. they? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of these actually ended up getting delayed uh, at the end of last year. And I'm not sure if that was due to mm. the recent. Um, Kind of restructuring that FFG has done okay, a little maybe, bit of. Yeah. It doesn't seem deciding like deciding whether or not they wanted to launch it. Maybe it doesn't seem like these these items were affected by the, the the digital and the RPG studios that saw a lot of loss. Like none of these are part right, yeah. for those games. Um, so I don't know if this is tied to that or just happened to be circumstance. Hmm. Um, the X Wing ships uh, in specific. Uh, were delayed, I think, due to an agreement with uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, they had another exclusive period um, where you could That's get these uh, at your box store. And... Terrible business ideas. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and so it just seemed like the end of this month was when all of these are being released. So uh, hopefully people have saved their, saved their money if they play a lot of these games. And I know a lot of people play at least two, if not all three of them. Um, so, I wonder if it was just like a company-wide delay where they were like, okay, we're doing some major restructuring, so everybody just hold your horses. <laughs> yeah, it, it it might be, but it's uh we are we're we're getting a big shipment in this week. Uh, yeah, and wow. a lot of it uh a lot of it will be Star Wars. So yeah, do you have to definitely... rearrange your uh, your uh, retail shelves to fit all of these Star Wars or do you do you have space already at the ready we, for these? We try to plan ahead a little bit okay. at our shop, so we like oh. we let a few of the less popular things sell out, so we do have space to put the new releases into. How large um, is the box for the Onager class destroyer? Uh, I would assume that these, um, I haven't seen it yet. Um, like on the it, table, they tend to be like, yeah, like yay biggish kind of um, thing. So, like, this is one of the um, <laughs> uh, criticisms that Fantasy Flight has had with some of these. Uh, uh, games that they produce specifically armada is there's a lot of empty air in the ship boxes mm. uh, while the ship itself is going to be you know four to yeah. five inches long the box will take up uh and yeah. i'm holding my hands up for those audio only listeners <laughs> uh, but the I would fish say, was this big yeah. um but the box itself can easily be that of a loaf of bread um yeah for, for, and the artwork on the box like is is great like the the branding on the box is great but yeah, it's like one of those things where you open it up and there's this giant clamshell taking up yeah. all of the space in the box and your ship's just kind of nestled in the middle of yeah. it. Yeah, and that's definitely a, uh, a hurdle for retail stores uh, to get over. You know, how much it, how much shelf space can you devote to a game uh, and before it starts... Do you know what the price point is on the Destroyer yet? Uh, I do. Uh, the Destroyer will have an MSRP... Uh, I got to scroll to the top of this email because it's so long. Uh, $50, uh, $60 US. So uh, it's definitely a good size ship. The $60 yeah. ships tend to be uh, 
five to six inches in length. Uh, yeah. So they're some of the bigger ones. They're not quite the superstar destroyer that they put out yeah. uh, last year. When you're year, talking but... about like tabletop wargaming, like on a four by six table, you get a few of those floating around and it takes up Absolutely. a lot of table space. Yeah, yeah quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's new at the store this week. We're starting to see the, the floodgates open and uh, companies release products into the market after uh, after the kind of the slowdown in 2020. Um, it'll be interesting to see. We did just have the Chinese uh, Lunar New Year kick off, and this is traditionally a time when a lot of these publishers just shut down um, mm-hmm. due to the, the government regulations and everything. And a lot of the manufacturing sites are in China. <laughs> yep. Um, so, you know, in another you know month or two, we may see a little bit of a delay, but uh, currently going right now, I think things are going to start coming fast and furious. Cool. It's, ben, I have a Star Wars question for you. Yeah. Since you are our resident Star Wars expert, gotta get my Google ready. <laughs> how how much how much is because I know I know Dark Horse Comics had a a, a Star Wars series. Mm-hmm. How much with the acquisition from Lucas like Lucasfilms was purchased by Disney? How much of the stuff they said okay that's not canon anymore? That's not canon anymore. Basically anything uh, when when the acquisition happened. Uh, they said the only things that are canon are the animated series, the movies, and like there were one or two books which came out right before the acquisition. Everything else was shuffled into the legends, um, including all the old Marvel stuff, all the Dark Horse uh, books. Um, in terms of comics, the only stuff that is considered canon is stuff that came out after the acquisition, um, and only the Marvel produced stuff. Because I believe Dark Horse still has a small little publishing; uh, they do like one or two titles um, geared more towards kids, I believe, um, set in the Star Wars universe. But uh, the the Marvel is the only stuff that's considered canon. Has there ever been any? talk about doing like what dc did with like infinite earths have they ever thought about saying that these other star wars you are actually live in parallel universes uh i think that's kind i i don't think it's been expressly stated but i think that's kind of what branding these things as legends kind of insinuates like these are things that could have happened or these are um and that's kind of how i've head canoned it myself like you know, these are legends at the at the beginning of Force Awakens when Rey first runs into Han Solo. She's like, so like how much of what we've heard of you is true? And he's like, well, all of it, you know, it's it was all true. So but she like heard all these different things. And so basically the way I see the legends branding is that's what these you know, the the nobodies around the world may have heard of these great heroes of the setting you know they may be embellished they may not be exactly quote-unquote how they happened or how they will happen but uh you know they're they're definitely media which disney has decided to draw from for a lot of their different little bits and kind of rebrand and bring bring things back into a more structured narrative because there was so much material out there there would have been i i honestly agree the the, the canon purge was a good thing for maintaining a, a structure because they would, they would just let licensees do almost whatever they wanted um, with a, you know, with a few things. There were a few, you know, kill off main characters. Yeah. There were a few things where if you were using a main character, you'd have to send it to Lucas. But if you wrote an original character, you could do whatever you wanted with that. So 
Well, it's true. And there was also the uh, talking about the gaming perspective of it. I remember listening to a podcast about the the, the guy who wrote the, the first Star Wars role-playing game, West End Games, mm-hmm. where he actually ended up inventing species names that weren't actually in the were, weren't actually canon weren't actually had names for them yet yeah and they actually used the the west ends game for a while um they would send that to writers and be like this is kind of the world you can play in you know here you go and is yes. you know as long as you're not referencing anything from the movies go go crazy if you want to reference something from the movies you gotta you gotta let us approve it, but yeah. apart from that, go crazy. Yeah, it was like a source book for for, yeah. for writers for a while. So. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's new at the store. Let's talk uh, a little bit about the box office, and then we'll dive right into the uh, pop culture comic uh, story comic corner. I forget what we call it now. It's basically the the Barney segment where uh, he gets to talk about uh, all sorts of pop culture stuff. Um, let's. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the box office beat. Uh, this is where everything reigned supreme in the box office last odd weekend. Week. What's that? Odd week. It was a very odd week. Um, the number one movie last week was uh, the number one movie the previous week, which was Bad Boys for Life, which is crazy to think about. Uh, I, I, I saw saw the headline, Bad Boys 3 poised to set more January records. Like, who would have thought at the beginning of 2019 that this would be the headline i would that we would see in 2020 you know to start out the year given how badly um things like terminator dark fate and yeah the most recent rambo movie did like they were like hey look we got a rambo movie and a week later it was like there's a what now you know yeah. and this has got this has got <laughs> some legs under it like they've already blown their like well not blown their budget top like they've made their money back they're making money now the yeah. budget was ninety million. They're up to one hundred and twenty million now. Yeah, no, it's 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 doing well, which is good. I, uh, and I don't think there's a whole lot of stuff that's coming out for another couple of weeks. Uh, that, that's going to probably not a compete. lot of competition. No. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, number two was nineteen seventeen again. Uh, that dropped twenty seven point six percent, but it still brought in you know fifteen point nine million. Uh, Doolittle stayed the same. I'm surprised at this. Yeah. It, it stayed at number three, which is surprising. <laughs> I wonder um, which how much is, they paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> which still is not anywhere near what it needs to make no, in the box office. No. But uh, it's surprising that it didn't sink. So, so you know, I guess that's... I'm surprised that's that Jumanji didn't just walk up and club it and knock it yeah. over and toss it behind it. <laughs> the, the number four movie of the week was The Gentleman. That's the first week uh, of it appearing on the in the top... T- uh, or, or being released in, in the box office. Uh, it brought in uh, 10.6 million... Uh, which you know, I think it's a little underestimates uh, under what th- was estimated to uh, pull in. And that uh, guy, I just looking at that. That that's a Guy Ritchie film, and oh, get, that's rated an eight point one out of ten. Yeah, I think you'll see some momentum with that. Yeah, yeah, I guess it did do a little bit better than they expected from what what I what I see online. Um, it has a solid B plus uh, cinnamon score, so that's good. Um, yeah, it just. Uh, I don't know. I, you know what? And I just, I've, I've always liked Guy Ritchie, and I was really upset with his, uh, his King Arthur movie he put out a couple of years ago because <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. But then I was looking at what it, I didn't realize. No, nope, none of us talked about, or if we did, I was either not even paying attention, which can happen sometimes. He, <laughs> he, 
he directed Aladdin? I had no idea. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. he did. I was like, Guy Ritchie. But really, what direction are you doing in a movie that's already been made, that's already been storyboarded? You have literally a cartoon as your storyboard. Right. Like, right. How do you? How are you directing that? Okay, just you know, say the lines that belong in the movie, guys. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, uh, so number five was Jumanji: The Next Level. That brought in. That's still. I mean, that's still what this is. What the seventh week, well, and it's yeah. in the top five. Yeah. Chug you know, along. it only dropped twenty percent, twenty point six percent. That Johnson uh, guy's in... got some got some gravitas when it comes to box office. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Uh, uh, pulled in seven point seven million. Uh, a number, another one, a movie that debuted uh, this week was The Turning uh, from Universal Pictures. It brought in just slightly under seven million. I hadn't heard anything about this I movie. I did not even know this was a thing. It's a it horror out. movie, yeah. uh, and uh, it based on the has... uh, the novella from The Turn of the Screw, yeah. It, it it has a very rare F on Cinema Score, <laughs> <laughs> and a thirty a thirteen percent positive review on Rotten Tomatoes. So that kind of gives you an idea of why it only debuted. How, okay, yeah, okay. That being said, though, how is it the number six movie? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it's the only Star Wars to give it on there still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the kid, the kid from the kid from uh, Stranger Things, another one of those Stranger Thing kids is in it too. It looks like. Yeah, uh, Finn uh, Finn Wolfhard's in there. Yeah. Uh, number seven was a Star Wars Episode Nine, as as uh, Ben just said, uh, the Rise of Skywalker. It uh, it finally broke the uh, half half a billion half domestically. Billion. Yeah. It's now at uh, five hundred and one million dollars uh domestically so uh you know it's still not on pace for uh for the last uh jedi or whatever it was called the last movie what was that movie called i, I tried to block the, the it last out jedi oh, boy, was that, i tried yeah. to block it out of my mind so i don't know. I, I, I just one i just want to point out that jumanji has been in theaters a week longer and is in his outperforming star wars oh it yeah. is well <laughs> i don't know if you can say it's outperforming I mean, it, it's it's pulled this in two hundred and eighty-three, you know, million compared to five, you know five hundred one million dollars. Yeah, but well, what's our I would budget say it's like? it's it's outperforming in its expectations. Oh yeah, sure. and and probably its budget is a lot less than so. yeah. Uh, number eight was uh, is Little Women. That was number six last uh, last week. Uh, it brought in uh, four point six million. Uh, down it was down twenty seven percent. But it actually was up in twenty five by twenty five new screens from last last week, which is interesting to see that more uh, theaters were adding it to their. Uh, Quite a few of know. my coworkers have seen this now, and they all loved it. Um, yeah, I'm hearing really good things about the it. The comment that I get from a lot of them, though, is it was great, but it wasn't anything new. So their overall impression of the movie was, yeah, I've already seen this story. This is an interesting take on it, but it's nothing new. Mm. like and that i think is where maybe it's starting to flag a bit in the box office you mean you know maybe they just need to have michael bay come in and do little women oh yeah and, yeah a little you know, uh, throw a some little, explosions little, you know have some explosions some have them, slow motion have, camera have them walking around. away from the yeah, yeah exactly maybe that that'll give that'll be a nice new take on it they can collab with jj airburns get some you know some lens, lens flare through there yeah exactly yeah. great uh, number uh, number nine was Just Mercy. That was number seven last week. Uh, that's down thirty point two percent. Brought in just a little over four million dollars. And number ten is Knives Out, which uh, we know that Rob has seen and he really enjoyed. Uh, that brought in three point five million. 
Um, so yeah, not a whole lot of like new things on the uh, on the top ten. I mean, there's two there, but they really didn't make a huge impact. Um, well, I would say I'm out. looking at uh, I'm looking at Box Office Mojo just because I, I I had to check it out. Frozen is number eleven. Yep. Uh, and you know what? It's got legs in the sense that it's been out for so far sixty six days. Yeah, it's yeah. been out ten. It's been out ten weeks, but it still has not hit the half million or half a billion dollar mark. Just it saying has. that, like like yeah. it hasn't. It's four hundred and sixty nine. 460 you're right 469 it will hit a half a billion now it will though yeah it'll oh it'll hit it for sure yeah Yeah. well i don't know compared to the original which had a one 1.27 billion for the original frozen so it's definitely not it's not going to reach that point for sure but yeah but uh number the the number 12 movie is actually parasite which is getting a lot of steam there's a lot of people like talking i see commercials uh, for that that all the time now yeah so I think that you, we might yeah. see that maybe I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that bump up uh, into the, the top 10 here in the next couple of weeks, just to, because uh, it's just got, the Oscar buzz. Yeah. 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 Right. So uh, just so you know, worldwide, it's gotten 1.4 billion frozen too. Yeah. I don't think it'll hit that 1.7 though. No. Especially if it only made 2.6 million. Last, well, the the 1.2 billion from the original frozen was just domestic, I think. So I don't know what the international was. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. So that was the box office beat. Let's get to the pop culture corner from storycomic.com. Barney Smith, what do you got for us uh, this week, my friend? So two pieces of news that I kind of think are, uh, are related. Uh, the first one was, uh, and I linked that to our chat box. So I apologize for not pulling that up right away. But the first one was the, the the first one was that Obi-Wan Kenobi show being put on hiatus. Yeah. Indefinite hiatus. Yeah. And a lot of that, and, and the reason behind it was Kathleen Kennedy was not happy with the script. So if you recall, the script of the Obi-Wan Kenobi was based off of a treatment that was that was uh, that was given out to say, hey, we want to do an Obi-Wan, we want to do an Obi-Wan movie. So with the advent of Disney Plus, they decided to say, no, let's just take this and make it into a six-part show, uh, a, a six-issue, uh, six-issue, six-episode show. And basically, Kathleen Kennedy st- stopped it. She goes, I don't like, she doesn't like, she didn't like the script. So she says, so she's gotten people together to retool the script to make it and they're going to start filming it again i think in the summertime so there's there it's not on indefinite hiatus they're not closing it down they're just putting it off they're they're rewriting it to make it probably fit more within a a shared universe piece of what they want where they want star wars to go now doesn't doesn't mcgregor have like another commitment as well and that's why they can't get to it until the summer is i thought that's i thought that's what i read somewhere he yeah. has another movie that he's that he was hoping to film this series and then go on to that movie, but since they're rewriting it, he can't quite fit that in before this move. He has to film this other movie, so they're going to wait until the summer to to reshoot it. Right, and it gives them time to really make sure that it's really good. It's like a yeah. really good piece, and 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 it comes down to and I know Doug and I think I don't know if I put this on our our chat or if it's just something I just sent to Doug but this is this goes to show and I was talking about this when I was doing some live streaming uh cartoon drawing over the weekend is that that 
we have to give so lend so much credence to what a good script is. Writers truly are a backbone to any piece of any piece of art or whatever that may be. You look at I know that uh, you know Ben and Jason are aware of this too. Is that you meant the '90s when you had that big uh, the uh, the big comics bubble where Image Comics came out. You know, it was a bunch of really talented artists broke off from Marvel to create their own. Uh, to create their own comic book company called Image. It changed the way comics were made, that's for sure. It it changed the way, but also the art was great, but the stories were crap. So (laughs) stories were garbage. And you can tell that it was, that was the problem with Image though, is it was artists doing everything. Right. And so, <laughs> and so you think, oh, I, I've been drawing these people for so long. I can try. I, how hard is it to write a story? <laughs> and yeah, and exactly. And so you look at that compared to you have a really good story and you have really crappy art. It's going to sell better because people ultimately like that cyanide and happiness or, you know, Homestar <laughs> Runner. Like you think of like, it's like, um, any of that stuff is like you might be bad at drawing, but if you have a good story or something fun to read, that is gonna that is going to supersede s- style of art anywhere. Yeah. Like you look at it when you looked at, uh, and I think this gets back to what I was talking about with the Obi Wan Kenobi thing is that that, and we talk about the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian has a really good storyline, has really mm-hmm. strong character development, and. Um, and especially that heist episode, as we talked about, that we all love so much. Um, <laughs> Doug didn't say anything. And uh, we're going to mute Barney <laughs> yeah, now. That's the now end of the, the pop culture the con- pop corner culture. Uh, from <laughs> StoryComic.com. I appreciate everybody for doing No, I'm just kidding. Technical Here, difficulties. We'll, we'll yeah. unmute Barney now. <laughs> so basically, it's it, that really what you have to have, and this is what Kathleen Kennedy, I think, was this is why a lot of people are like, you know, crying wolf on this, is that that this actually is a good sign that they're really invested into the, the star Wars universe mm-hmm. that Disney is the very fact that they stopped something midstream. They have Disney isn't losing money on this. They have oh, God, no. thousands <laughs> of IPs. They don't have to worry about this, you know, putting this off. So, you know, investors aren't balking at this. I think this is really a really good sign that they're really invested into the star Wars property by saying, let's stop this. Let's make sure we have a really good story to put together for Obi Wan Kenobi, and instead and, of releasing something that might be subpar, right? Yeah, and and this it's, this goes to also to the, the to the second major news that was out, I think it uh, last week, well the week before basically, uh, it was that when it was released that um, oh what's the uh, uh, the director of of the director of uh, of uh, Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, the, they were they were stepping yeah. down. Yeah, the director the director stepped down. He said, "I can't. This isn't uh, what yeah. um, Scott Derrickson." So the plot maybe uh, Scott Derrickson was the guy who. So I link I linked uh, linked something in our chat about that the reason why he the reason why he left. Is because he wanted he wanted nightmare to be he wanted nightmare to be the main villain in 
uh, in Doctor Strange, and he wanted to kill off Wong's that the character Wong, and he wanted to kill off. Um, he wanted to kill off. Uh, what's his um, Doctor Strange's uh, significant other, his girlfriend in oh, the first Rachel few Adams minutes. Character. Yeah, right in the first beginning scenes. That's what he wanted wow. to do. And Kevin Feige said, no, he's, we want, you know, this is all, of course, this is all speculative with these reports, but it's coming from a source where it's been pretty straight on over the MCU news uh, as of, uh, from before. So this we got be- this covered.com. Yeah. So basically he said, no, BGR, that one. <laughs> Douglas, got Douglas covered. trolling you there, Barney. Uh, that, that's no. for the episode six remark, Barney. <laughs> and these guys have been pretty good with what they've put out. So basically what Kevin Feige wants is that he's, they, they've been pushing, they've been pushing, I think you're going to see this, and these are going to be tied within, the Doctor Strange 2 is going to be tied a lot into um, really setting up the pace of it's going to be probably the most important movie in phase four is going to be the Dr. Strange two one. Yeah, it's going to tie in what happens with Loki. It's going to tie in what happens in WandaVision and they really want to put, put in place uh, Scarlet, Witch being the big bad in the, in the phase four. Oh, okay. So, and so basically Kevin Feige and we talk about it is I wrap it around with the, with the Kathleen Kennedy piece with, with Obi-Wan Kenobi, Kevin Feige is the writer. He's the architect of the MCU. He gives, he, he has, he lets the director say, you know, you know, what's your story? Do this. He says, make sure it has to entail X, Y, and Z into the storyline. And basically he, they had a, uh, uh, Derrickson had a falling out with Feige because Feige said, this is what I want, but put in everything else you want to do. That's fine. Right. And, and I give, I give credit where credit's due where that, where Derrickson is like, this is what I wanted. And, you know, Feige said, no, we really can't do that. And so he had, he was, uh, he had the maturity enough to walk away from it. And he had the, the, the chops to say, well, this is what I want to do. Um, and it, and it gets down to the point where it's, is looking at that from Feige, from the, the perspective of him being that writer, him being the architect of, of a major storyline. And he, he wants to be, he wants to have that all within his grasp. And, and he hasn't stared us wrong yet. There has yet to be a, out of the 22 movies, I heard. I haven't heard anybody. It's almost like us being all of us here, except Jason being from the from the being from New England. That everywhere, everybody else in the world hates the Patriots, except because they're you know because they win all the time. So the only critique people have about Kevin Feige is that he he keeps winning with all these movies and shows so yeah. it's the only people that are really outspoken critics of him honestly are the comic diehards yeah you know, the ones who are like yeah. this isn't how it happened in the comics this character didn't do that thing this character shouldn't be able to blah 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 <laughs> but but ultimately it's like it's a complete and this is my this is a, it's a completely different medium you can't and this is the same when people say well that's not how it happened in the books you know like yeah. whether name any of it but if you're dealing with a different medium, you can't, it's apples and oranges. There are a lot of things that you, that don't work on individual spectrum that work just fine written or even on a comic book page that just don't translate well to yeah. a movie screen. 
And people need to realize that without getting their hackles up about, oh, my character, like, even I was one of the people originally who was bent out of shape about the first Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. I was like, what's that coming out of his wrists? He doesn't do that in the comics. This is bullpucky. Yeah. <laughs> How's yeah. for you, Doug? Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm still going to uh, use the censor noise over that. <laughs> so it makes it sound yeah, like, like you, you I remember when I came out of that movie, everybody was like, oh, wow, it was so amazing to see Spider-Man on the screen. But why was he shooting webs out of his wrists? Yeah, like why didn't yeah. they just give him his web shooters, make him the tech nerd that you know Peter Parker is? And I'm like, I have no idea. Sam Raimi's an odd guy, <laughs> right? And and it kind of gets down to the point too. And this is I don't know, uh, Doug. That thing I texted you earlier uh, earlier in the day about it is at what point is it? Does the writer own the i? Does the writer own the story, or at what point do the fans start owning it? Mm. That's a good question. Well, look at what happened in the Chris Claremont years with the X-Men way back yep. in the day. Chris Claremont got on his highest of high horses. He was going around doing interviews saying that he was the X-Men, that the X-Men belonged to him. And Marvel stepped in and was like, yeah, how about you don't write for the X-Men anymore for a while? And in to, to Claremont's credit, the storyline of the X-Men kind of went a little bit wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, uh, Doctor Who, um, for a bit after Claremont left. Like, it was it was a rocky road for a while. There was a lot of storylines that came out of, of the post-Claremont era that everybody was like, what? What? What's going on? This is weird. Where's Chris Claremont? And then he released a couple of novels, and everybody was like, oh. And then it kind of started to surface that he had basically been slapped on the wrist and said hey you know don't get too high on your horse buddy because we could be replacing you and that's what he did basically when jim lee came in and jim lee basically kind of took over yeah and i mean he did chris claremont did some great things with that but oh yeah he I has mean, some but amazing it, story arcs yeah yeah i mean but how much of it because we see this with you know george R. R. martin we see it with george lucas that there's a point where that that the fans don't it's like there there's a sense of like fans saying no that they have so much ownership on it that they re that do their voices trump uh supersede the the voices of of the actual creator and you know one point is like we we're talking about it earlier doug was the uh the prequel trilogy that was right. purely right. george lucas's vision he oh, always wanted midichlorians. He always wanted that stuff, yep. but he got, he, he got, you know, skewered for it. So, but what point is that his, as an example is, is how was that not true to the, the integrity of the universe you created? If the, if the actual creator said, this is what it is and how much of it, the fans say, no, yeah, that's, that's not. So you'd same thing with George R. R. Martin who says, Hey, you know what? I, I'm gonna write these stories at my own pace. And now we've seen the entire series of Game of Thrones come out, and he's like, "That's not how it really ends." And we're like, "Well, we saw it." So I mean, <laughs> yeah, but now he's on record saying he's gonna give everybody a different ending. So you know. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think I, it's an yeah. ongoing discussion to say what at what point do the fans own? Do the fans own it? 
or and or until or does it is or the creator still own it? I mean, own the vision. And a lot of people say, as soon as it's written out and published, as soon as it's on TV, as soon as it's in the theaters, you don't own it anymore. And but then if that's the case, then that gives them like little uh, little segue, a li- little little uh, movement to do anything extra to it after a release of something i mean it's you saw that was like bring george lucas up again when he did his definitive trilogy where he actually put in all the different stuff and when he re-released the you know episodes four through six and that got jumped on big time from you know the the fans as well I, i i think as long as it's out there it belongs to the fans but I think the creators have the right to pull it back and change it when they want. I mean, they need to pay attention to what the, you know, the temperature of the room when they do it. But uh, I mean, ultimately it's theirs, but as long as it's out there, people will come up with their own theories. They'll come up with their own writing. They'll add their own things to it and they'll connect with it different ways. So I don't know. It's kind of symbiotic uh, in, in that respect. It's, it's a back and forth. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was that was interesting is that that theme that we there was the two major news pieces this week. It was the you know as I say it was the the Doctor Strange 2 piece and then the Obi-Wan Kenobi piece. Both of them reflect that the creator or the architects of the the story decided to make make a change for for the better of the uh, the the larger universe that's been created. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, that's good. And, and I think, you know, I, I, I think more studios need to do like make the, make those gutsy calls because yeah. I, we, I think we were seeing a whole bunch. I mean, we see, I think we see it a lot with the DC movies. I think the DC yeah. movies just kind of, they just let them do whatever they want and they don't have that kind of uh, safety well, net, I guess is probably what, what, what I would call it. With the DC ones, they let each director do whatever they want, and right. then they try to do something like the Justice League concept where they just grab all those characters and try to stick them in the same area, and it just, they tend to just be all standing around there awkwardly like a bunch of teenagers at a dance. You right. know, the guys on one side, the girls on the other side, and everybody's like, I'm not going over there, you're going over there, I'm not going over there. <laughs> well, and I think too, as I feel known as both of these stories are Disney properties now. Yeah. And so they have the ability and the the the, the largesse of them sell right. I mean just as the, the company that they can say let's do this right. We're actually if we delay this we'll still make more money if we pr- produce a really good they're not a dangerous story. going out of business. Right. They they've got that yeah. safe they've got that yeah. safety net that you know. The rest they, yeah, they have the rest of Disney yeah. as their safety net and that's <laughs> exactly. not going anywhere anytime exactly. soon so. so. Yeah. They could sit on it for 15 years and then say, Hey, you know what? We think we've got it now. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and I still, and, and I'm still, uh, I, you know, I want to be, you know, written down on here. I want to on record that I think that, that the new mutants is going to be a really good movie because it's purely director driven. I think they're, I don't think it's been, I think it's not going to be chopped up. So oh, chopped up right. by the critics or chopped up how chopped up by when it was under Fox studios. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Interesting. I don't think anything is really going to come of it at this point, just because the actors have all moved on to other things. So I don't think there's a lot of sequel potential there, but I think it's a good opportunity for them to examine uh, a less 
MCU version of it. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like a movie version of Marvel Television. Sort like, of. You know how yeah. Marvel Television kind of took those like lesser known characters and mm-hmm. and gave them a platform yeah. to kind of become their own thing. Even though they didn't feel like the like the that, Marvel movies, they they was, were an extension yeah. of the Marvel universe. It was um, kind of like Chris, uh, another shout out to Chris Claremont. He was actually the one who uh, introduced um, the New Mutants to the Marvel universe. Yep. Yep. He was that. That was his first sequel book. They wanted yep. uh, was, Jim Shooter wanted more. Else, more somebody, somebody else co-wrote it with him, though. What was his name? Darn it! It's been a long time since I've uh, since I've looked into <laughs> that stuff. But yeah, it was he was a co he was a co-author of that series. And like, like if, if you look through um, any anything mutant related, is pretty much got his Claremont's fingertips uh, fingerprints on it somewhere. Yeah, it's true. Cool. But that's all I had, Doug. All right. Well, that's the uh, Pop Culture Corner from StoryComic.com. All right, let's get to our featured content. Uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, I, like, like I started out this, uh, this episode. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we had the news yesterday about, uh, about the, the plane crash and the tragedy of, of uh, the things that uh, happened yesterday. Um, I don't want to call it, you know, we there were nine, nine folks involved. And, and of course the most notable one was, was uh, of course, Kobe Bryant um, and, uh, and his daughter, uh, is it Gigi that, uh, that, that perished in that, uh, in that accident. But, you know, I, I don't want to say it was the Kobe Bryant uh, tragedy because there was a, there, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of other folks that were involved in, in that, uh, in that, uh, uh, that tragedy. Um, so, yeah, I, let's let's talk a little bit about about uh, you know uh, what that kind of means for me. Um, I don't know how much of uh, sports fans, uh, both Jason and, and Ben, how much you you know you guys follow sports at all, uh, especially the NBA. I I, I don't know, um, but it was uh, never a big thing question. for me as a kid. It was um, a big just, thing for you as a kid. No, it was never. Oh, okay, um, because I'm Canadian and we didn't get an NBA team until the '90s. Yeah, I think was yep. when we got the that Raptors. Was the 90s, yep. Before that, basketball was just not a thing for me. It was a, it was football and hockey, football and hockey, and That's you know right. curling, but you know Canadian. So um, I didn't really follow basketball, but I knew like the really superstar level players, sure. like Michael Jordan, um, Shaquille O'Neal when he played, um, and then like when Kobe Bryant, when I heard about that crash, I was like, holy cow. And I went and looked it up a little bit to, to look up like more about the guy. And he's one of those rare people in sports who had no scandal associated with him. Like, well, he did well, have, he did have yes one. No. Like, yeah, he did. There, there was one in the, in the, and it was so, so rare for that kind of thing in a sports person like usually right. that's all you hear about is oh look who he's with now oh look what he's done now oh look who he's you know how many illegitimate kids is it oh it's a court case oh blah 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 but this guy was married to his wife for 19 years and at that level of celebrity that is rare yeah yeah it definitely is um and and there was a, a, an issue back uh i think it was like in, two, in 2003 um you know, and, and I don't want to minimize that, uh, that situation at all. Um, I, you know, I, we don't know exactly what transpired, but we know that there was some sort of 
claim from 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 uh, a woman that uh, uh, that I guess you know that uh, she uh, she she didn't feel like it was a consensual thing um and that's that's unfortunate and and it's always a serious matter whenever that happens and 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 don't think that that i take this you know i i'm kind of blowing that that off i think it's a very serious matter um but i i was just i think talking about this issue or tech, talking about this this incident their tragedy that happened um, just really got to me as uh, as a father, uh, as a fan of of uh, you know the NBA. It 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 just it impacted me first of all when when of course when the news came out that, that Kobe passed away, and then once his once his daughter had passed uh, you know alongside him, uh, that really kind of affected me, and it's it's still kind of shaking me uh, even to this day. Uh, but before we get dive into that, Ben, uh, how about you? Are you uh, are you a fan of uh, the NBA at all, or are you uh, do you follow uh, you know pro sports? Uh, I I don't follow a lot really. I mean, as you can attest, I I fell asleep during uh, 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 our night at the uh, at the sports bar the other night <laughs> watching the <laughs> watching the Lakers Sixers. I I nodded off a few times in the second half. So, um, but yeah, like you know these these top level players do reach that level where they invade the, the zeitgeist and, you know, everyone knows Kobe. Uh, It's, it's, you know, it's, it's almost a meme that when you're sitting around the office and you crumple up that piece of paper and make the toss at the, at the trash can across from your cubicle, you, you say Kobe and throw it. And if it misses, then, well, you know, you, you're not Kobe and it goes in, you know, (laughs) you feel pretty good, but um but yeah it was uh i had people who do not follow sports messaging me uh as the news was breaking about this this accident being like oh my gosh did you hear like that's the impact that someone of his talent level in the sport uh can have and yeah like you said um not to minimize the the uh the allegations uh against him um uh, but you can you can celebrate the the talent of someone and still hold them accountable in in Absolutely. other ways as well so and this was definitely a loss of a basketball talent um just to give folks a little background about about myself uh, i know i've been doing the show for for four years before i did this um I, i've been a, a, a sports I, i'm i'm kind of one of those i'm kind of a weird nerd um, in the fact that I, I like sports, uh, I do like it sports. Is so Doug. Yeah, I know. I know. Nerd. I, 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 I like, you know, nerdy things, but I, I've also liked sports. I've, I've followed the NBA since, you know, junior high school. Um, in fact, you know, I, I really got into, uh, sports cards, sports memorabilia, uh, in, in high school and after high school. Um, in fact, you know, a part of my, uh, I've always been a numbers guy. I've always been uh, keen on investing and 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 doing analysis and, and risk assessment. Um, but I was never familiar with like the stock market when I was uh, in high school and after high school. So uh, I took those talents and I applied them to the sports card industry. And uh, what I would do is I would buy and invest in sports cards and I would then flip them and sell them for, at a profit. And I'd buy up, you know, players that I thought would, would be stars 
you know, early on, because that's what you do in this, in, in the hobby. Uh, you buy the, 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 uh, the athletes that you think are going to be good. All speculation. And yeah. It's all, it's, it's, yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's speculating on, on who you think is going to be a star. And I did very well. I, I paid off my college debt with, with sports cards. I know it's crazy to think about, but that's how that I paid it off. I mean, that's <laughs> now, now I've, you know, been able to use that. Now he's before. speculating on transformers cards. That's not going so well. <laughs> no, uh, but I, I have been able to, uh, you know, adjust that uh, skill set for, for other things, you know, in my adult life, but uh, that's what I did. I, I loved, uh, I loved sports cards. I loved the NBA. I loved uh, sports memorabilia. I did a lot of sports shows back in the, in the nineties. That was a big thing was going to sports shows uh, and doing conventions on the weekends. And that's kind of where where I I was, um, you know, after after high after high school and in college and and um, so I've always been a fan. I've always been, you know, I've always watched the league, um, especially during those years. I, I kind of got a little bit out of it, you know, when when I got married, um, you know. Uh, but it's always been in the background. It's always been something that I followed. I've always watched box scores. I always watch highlights. Um, and now I watch a little bit more because I have a little more, you know, a little more time, you know, editing and stuff. I have it in the background. So I'm a big sports fan. Um, uh, not just NBA. I like all, I like a lot of other sports as well. So um, let me tell you a little bit about the interaction that I had with Kobe Bryant, because I did actually have a opportunity to interact with him um, that I think speaks a lot to his character, especially early on in his career. Um, I think it was, it's uh, a story that probably needs to be heard uh, by more people right about now. And uh, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know, I didn't know Kobe personally, uh, let, let, let's just, I'll just, let me just start from the beginning. Uh, back in 2000, uh, or back in 1999, uh, Kobe used to do this uh, charity fundraiser called Kobe Bowl. Uh, Kobe Bowl was this pretty much this bowling marathon that he would do every year. I don't know how many years he did it in a row, but he did it quite a few years. And basically it benefited uh, underprivileged children. And uh, he would do this every year in LA. It was, it was this big thing. Uh, back in 1999, he actually had some eBay auctions going uh, for various items to help fundraise in, in you know, raise money for this, this event that he always put on called Kobe Bowl. Um, there were a lot of different personal items on, on, on this particular listing of, of, of auctions. Um, there were, you know, course side tickets. There were, um, I know one, one item was like the cast because earlier that year he had broken his wrist and he had like a full, full arm cast and he had just gotten it off. And he had that on eBay and he signed it and, and someone could take home Kobe's cast. And I don't know wh whoever won it, but I'm, it's out there somewhere that someone <laughs> it's, has. It's in somebody's Kobe. vault somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that was, uh, that was one of the things. Um, one item that was on there was some uh, game issued sneakers. Now game issued, if anybody's familiar with, if anybody's not familiar with, with the term game issued sneakers are sneakers that are given from the uh, the shoe manufacturer this in this year it was Adidas. Uh, Kobe had uh, an Adidas uh, sponsorship or endorsement deal, and um, basically Adidas gives Kobe a whole bunch of sneakers to wear during practices and, and games and all this and that. Um, 
they're set to his specifications or whatever. And uh, basically one of the auctions was a signed pair of Kobe game issued sneakers. They weren't game worn, but they were game issued. So they're Kobe's, you know, uh, in Kobe's possession. Um, all the auctions had a reserve on them. So you didn't know how much he had set the, on, on the uh, reserve, but you know, you bid on it anyway. A lot of them hit because they were really high, you know, high dollar items, high, highly desired items. I bid on these sneakers knowing probably full well that I would not get them and I would not hit the, the uh, reserve on, on the auction. And I forget what I put in for a bid. I know what I, what I won. I know what the auction ended at. Um, but I did not hit the reserve. So when you don't hit a reserve on an eBay auction, the sale doesn't complete because you didn't hit the minimum of whatever the, the seller wanted to hit for, for the sale. Auction ended. Figured, okay, that was it. I just didn't didn't win it. Oh well, you know that's that's that. Well, a few days later, um, through eBay, I get a notification that says, "Hey, um, can we get your phone number? We'd like to, uh, we'd like to contact you." And, I, and so I, you know, I replied back. Here's my phone number. You know, here here it is. I assumed that it was you know one of Kobe's reps that probably just was going to say, "Hey, you know, we're do we do Kobe Bowl. We'd love to have you donate." And you know, here you go. I gave, uh, I gave my phone number and then like the next day I get a phone call at my house and uh, I pick it up and uh, they say, uh, may I speak to Doug, please? And I said, uh, speaking. And the person on the other end says, Doug, this is Kobe Bryant. And my reaction was like, first of all, it was kind of like doubt because yeah, yeah, no way <laughs> right. you know, who, who's who's calling sure. You know, who, sure you are you mean Kobe um, Bryant's rep <laughs> right so so I, I I I'm like okay and he's like he's like I see you I see you bid on my auction but you didn't hit the reserve and then that's when it kind of triggered because it sounded like Kobe you know because we all kind of heard Kobe's clue and then once he said that uh, he knew that I didn't re- hit, hit his reserve I knew it was him and uh, I said, yeah, no, I, I bid on it. I didn't think I was going to uh, gonna win, but, you know, I figured I'd try anyway and we'll see what, uh, you know, I could, couldn't hurt to at least pl- place a bid on it. Uh, and so then he said, yeah, um, and then he, he, you know, went into his, his, his pitch on, on Kobe Bowl, what it, what it was, what it meant to him to give back to, uh, under you know the the youth of of uh, the, in the area of the LA and and uh, give back uh, you know because you know uh, he felt that that was something that he really felt that he needed to and uh, I said uh, I told him I said that's that's great you know I really respect you know respect you for that I hope uh, you know I, if you wanted I'd love to make a donation to your cause you know because even though I didn't win I'll be glad to make a dona- donation because. The guy called me, you know, at my house. What am I, you know, here's here, here's fifty yeah. bucks or here's a hundred bucks, you know, just yeah. just for, for calling me because exactly. I think that's pretty yeah. pretty cool. Like, this all is by the itself. highlight of my year, right? Exactly, if not more. Um. So uh, so he says uh, he says to me, uh, actually that's that's why I'm calling you, Doug. And I said, okay, well, it's like uh, I know you didn't win win my auction, but I'd still like to sell you the sneakers, and. Uh, I'm like, he's like, you can have them for whatever the, the bid, whatever the, 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 whatever the action ended at. And I was like, oh, I'm like, wow. I'm like, yes, I'll do that. Yes. Thank you. 
He's like, no, 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 thank you. He's like, he's like, this is a really, it's like, I'm glad that uh, we got to talk and they're going to a good home and, you know, it's going to help my charity out quite a bit. He says, so, you know, thank you for, uh, for agreeing to this. He says, I know that eBay, since it didn't, it's a reserve auction and it didn't hit, you know, I know eBay wouldn't acknowledge that this was a transaction. He's like, so yeah. I called personally to, to tell you that it was on the up and up and that it was legit, you know, that I was really... <laughs> And <laughs> in this day and age, that would be like a phone scam of some yeah, sort. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's totally violating eBay's, uh, uh, you know, uh, terms the term concept um, of eBay now. Yeah, you're so, not so, supposed so, to circumvent the eBay system. Exactly, exactly. You know, Kobe could, could get banned from uh, eBay from uh, uh, from doing that uh, these days. Um, so yeah, we. I said, yeah, I would. I would love to. Um, you know. Send me the link for for where I need to make the payment, and I'll I'll be glad to send it over. And uh, he says uh, he says great. He's like I'll, I'll have my people send it over, and uh, we got to talking a little bit more. You know, we didn't take I didn't you know want to keep him on the phone for very long as much as I wanted to. I didn't keep him on there for very long. <laughs> Please don't hang um, up the phone, sir. <laughs> but uh, I I said uh, we were talking back and forth, and and come to find out, he had mentioned that that he was calling from Vancouver of all places, which is amazing. I guess that's another Canadian place up there. Yes, Doug, I'm that is a city in Canada. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just it's in British Columbia. It's a very um, nice city. You don't I, want to drive there. It's well, we, drive. we are from America, so our, our geography is not yeah. great. You do have to put yeah. up with this sometimes. Vancouver's <laughs> actually just about as close to America as you can get without tripping <laughs> over America. Um. But yeah, he was uh, he was in Vancouver uh, playing the Grizzlies. They were playing the Grizzlies last that night. So I I, I said, hey, good luck tonight against the against the Grizzlies, um, you know. And and we ended the phone call, and that was that. Um, and then a, a few days later, I've got to, here. I'll show you what what showed up at my door. Um, this was pretty cool. Um, this this box right here, uh, size fourteen sneakers. I don't know if you can that see that. That's some big feet. Yeah, that's some big, big feet right there. Um, let me see here. Uh, let me just take these out. So this is this is the first one right here. Some big, big sneakers right here. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> well, that's a packing peanut, I guess. <laughs> they even smell new. They still. They still well, yeah. New. I mean, it's not like you've been like dangling them from your ceiling. <laughs> and then uh, this one right here. Uh, it's got, I don't know if you can see it. There it is right there. Uh, Kobe, Kobe signed it right there. And then he sent, uh, sent me a, a couple, uh, a pair of his sneakers. Now, the cool thing is that uh, as soon as uh, we agreed to uh, make this transaction, I, I immediately went out and, pay, and, and printed out the, the original eBay listing <laughs> that it was. And just so that I had some sort of record. And... Um, the the i love the description it says hey ebay check out these adidas they're just like the ones i wore last season except they're brand new and they have my signature across them <laughs> and they like and uh it tells a little bit about um uh this is all the proceeds of the actual benefit uh the local agencies which uh were were what uh, kobe bowl was for um it basically uh uh, the whole what's it? The Boys and Girls Club, Unicamp, and uh, Holly Grove, I guess were the three. It was just it's it's just kids that uh, uh, provides residential care for for children ages five to twelve, which is pretty cool. Um, so 
I just have I have this like just saved just along with the sneakers, and uh, I won the auction for two hundred and two fifty, which I think is kind of a steal. So um, yeah, so the, I thought that was pretty cool. I think even at the time, uh, I think the sneakers themselves probably were you know a good hundred and hundred and twenty dollars. So yeah, just you know, without any kind of signature. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. At that time, so Adidas so, was huge. Uh, yeah, I think. You know, not not that it's you know it's they're worth they're priceless now. So, oh, yeah. um, but uh, I just it just kind of shows you the type of person that that uh, Kobe was at least early on in his career. Um, he felt that uh, you know he, he wanted to raise money more than anything else for his charities, and and uh, doing so he he felt the need to instead of having a rep call and see if I would like to uh, continue that transaction. Uh, he actually called himself personally while he was on the road of all places. You know, it's like, that's crazy yeah, to think about. That's, yeah. That, that's some know. actual dedication to putting in the effort there. Yeah. You know, yeah a hundred things on a go. And, and to be honest with you, $202 probably isn't a whole lot compared to what he probably, he probably raised like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for, for his charity. I'm guessing at these, yeah. at these events, um, knowing, knowing the, the kind of person that he was. Um, so, you know, just to make a phone call to talk with me for like five to 10 minutes, you know, just for $202 is, I think it's pretty admirable. And, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I've I always, I was never a huge Kobe fan. I think Kobe was probably, you know, one of the big, uh, you know, after Michael Jordan, he was the, the next player to kind of take over the league and bring the league to the next, uh, the next iteration of what it was after, after Michael. Um, so I always kind of, you know, I had a lot of respect for him. I, you know, I, I didn't, at least respect for him as a player. I, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't a fanatic or anything, but you know, I, I admired him from afar. Um, and then to kind of see his career, you know, he, he made that call later on in, in his career that, Hey, you know what, I'm not going to play at a high level anymore. So I'm just going to walk away. Um, I think all of us kind of know that, you know, even, you know, if he, if he were playing last year, I think he probably could have played off the bench for a lot of teams. And, you know, we see that with a lot of players uh, these days where uh, you look at a, you look at a player like Vince Carter who came out in 98, uh, Kobe came out in 96, you know, Vince Carter right now is what, 43 and playing in the league. And, you know, he's coming off the bench and yeah, he's not putting in uh, a lot of pin, you know, minutes or a lot of points on the board, but, He's mentoring a lot of kids or a lot of young younger players that are coming up in the league, and that's how he feels that he, you know, wants to wants to uh, extend his career. Whereas Kobe was just like, you know what, I'm okay with yeah. not, yeah, I'm okay with stepping away from the court and mentoring, you know, not on the, you know, not yeah. on the on the floor. Um, like he so I think recently, that's that, that's um, really admirable too. You know, just to kind of say, okay, yeah, I know. I'd rather leave my legacy the way it is on yeah. court than yeah leave on a high note. Yeah, yeah. So he he recently got passed uh, in all time points, I think. Uh, he did by and then, LeBron James, and he, he actually tweeted out something to the effect of, "Hey, instead of being like, oh man, you beat me,' it was like, hey, you know what? That's awesome. That'll pave the way for somebody else." Yeah, exactly. Which, that's, you know, that's, that's 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 really classy. Like, really, to say something like that, to take the time to actually say, you know what cool good on you for for beating me but now pay it forward yeah you know, sure help somebody else up and, and i think we probably will at some point i, I don't know you know uh, you, you see lebron you know lebron 
you know, LeBron, both, both LeBron and Kobe started like straight from high school. And I think we're going to see that come back into play here in another, you know, year or two. Um, or I don't know when the next uh, bargaining agreement is up for the, for the league, but I think you're going to see, um, you know, the league to allow high school kids uh, in back into the league again, uh, coming, you know, just jumping, making that jump from high school to the pros. Uh, because I, I think college at this point is, I think you're seeing a lot of a huge trend of, of players bypassing the whole uh, college uh, college game. So mm-hmm. um, in fact, well, we're going to see a that a huge lot. chance of injury playing now. Yeah. Uh, people, and, the people are taking risks and um, a lot of them are doing so because they're talented enough to make those risks. But you see a lot of college people like in any sport, honestly, these days getting career ending injuries Yeah, before they yeah, even get a chance to go pro or like, ugh. I think we're going to see that a lot with this next draft where, um, where a lot of players, you know, we see, we saw two of the big, the bigger draft, you know, picks, which will probably be this year. Um, you know, they went to Australia, played in Australia league, you know, they played professionally, you know, to, yeah. you know, a get that talent, you know, play against that higher talent level and B make some money. And, you know, yep. now, now they'll go into the NBA. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, uh, we'll see that happen. I think somebody probably will surpass LeBron, uh, at some point. I don't know if we'll see it in, you know, uh, you know, we'll may, maybe another 20 years or so. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I just think that, uh, it was kind of, it's kind of a, a sad, uh, moment to, to have a gentleman like, like Kobe be celebrated by being surpassed by LeBron. And that's what it was. I mean, a, a lot of the league, it was like, Hey, you know, Kobe was so great, you know, mm-hmm. and here's LeBron, you know, you're, you're achieving more than that. Um, but we still aren't, you know, down, downplaying the greatness of Kobe. And, and, you know, so he, it was sports uh, needs more people like him on the other side of the game. It's mm. fine to be, an epic superstar on the court, on the rink, on the arena, on the field, whatever sport you're talking about. But competitive sports these days needs more players who are getting to the point where they're like, you know what? I've had an excellent career. I've, I've done my thing. I want to move on to, to do something else. And I want to keep pushing my sport instead yeah. of saying, Hey, I made my money. I did my thing. You know, screw right. you guys, I'm off to an Island in the Bahamas for the next 50 years. Yeah, there's too Kobe. many people who get out of things now and just wa- walk away. But people like Kobe who are like, you know what, I'm going to start bringing other people up, like providing for people that are coming behind me to make yeah. it even better than it was when I was in it, you know? Well, and I think that, you know, Kobe, you know, for all the, the accolades and all the accomplishments that he made on the on the court, I, I really think that, that Kobe was going you know was on that path to really big things off the court after his i mean he just won didn't he just win an award for like an animated movie yeah um yeah. dear basketball he won an oscar yeah he he, he just won an you know yeah. so it's not like this guy was like you know a slouch he wasn't like just like you said he wasn't just yeah. chilling back he wasn't you know, just you know on a million dollar yacht right. in the middle of nowhere doing whatever he was know actively he... involved in basketball right. still and, and, and he had a book line like that I know was, was selling really well. So I, I think he was one of those guys that, you know, 
was like, like Michael Jordan, where, where you have brands and, and you have extensions of, of, you know, of yourself that affect in, in, you know, come into play in, in other industries. And I, I really think that, you know, by the well, time- How many superstars do you see basically just sell their name, sell their like, sell their likeness, you know, like, hey, if you want to use my name on your box of cereal, you want to use my face on your- Exactly. Whatever sticker poster thing or whatever the heck you're trying to sell, you know, give me X number of dollars and we'll have done with it. He was more the kind of guy who was like, if you want me to be involved, I'm getting involved myself. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And I'll be involved. I'm not just going to be, you know, hey, we're going to trot, we're going to trot me out there and I'm going to wave and shake a hand, take a couple of pictures and then I'm done. Like that's, that didn't seem to be his style at all. He was like, no. right there in the middle of it. And, 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 and that's kind of just how he was. He was very, he was very hands-on, very like, if I'm going to do something, I want to be the best at what, whatever I'm doing. Yeah. And, and that, that's, you know, that's a great quality to have you know, in anything that you do, um, you know, now we'll go to the other subject of, of, you know, uh, you know, the events that happened yesterday, uh, or the event that happened yesterday, you know, as much as that hearing about Kobe passing away and being a part of that, uh, that helicopter crash, um, you know, I, I'll just tell folks a little bit about my experience that happened yesterday. Um, I got a text message from one of my friends, Nick, who I've done a lot of sports, uh, sports cards and sports memorabilia with. I've known him since the, since high school. Uh, and he sent me the text message from TMZ about the the news that it was breaking out that, that, that uh, Kobe had passed away. Um, and then it got verified by a couple more outlets. And, and I was really, I was really sad at that point. And that was really you know, really, you know, I, I felt bad, but then once the news broke that his daughter was with him, like, that's what really kind of really hit home for me. And, I, you know, his daughter, Gigi was 13 years old. Sydney's 13 years old. You know, my daughter's 13 years old. You know, Kobe was 41. I'm 43. Now it's, now it's really hitting me on, on like a personal level. Like that, no matter what I felt about him as, as, as a, as a player or as, you know, an entrepreneur or whatever, now I'm looking at it as from the father perspective. And that really, really, really affected me. And in fact, right now I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm you know, I, I feel my eyes watering up because those moments that he must've had, you know, while that was going down, like, how do you, like, I don't, you know, I would do anything for my daughter. You know, I would, I would protect her. Like I would give my life for my daughter because, you know, that's what you are when, when you're a father. Like, I don't know, like the, the terror that I would be feeling knowing that my daughter was going to perish along with me, that that's something that I, I, I don't even want to think about. Yeah, well, you can't comprehend that kind of you can't moment. No, like that's just yeah. That's why I don't know. um, Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) My wife mentioned when I got home from work today that um, like one of the saddest things about this whole thing. I mean, the whole thing's a tragedy, but um, the folks at TMZ reported that he had died in the crash and everything, 
and that's how his wife found out yeah yeah that's no one that's... had contacted her yet she found out about it by some like seeing it on tmz yeah that that's, that's just... an... Ugh. <laughs> and 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 my my wife okay so so my wife of course she watched the news this morning and she she had heard that that everything had gone on this morning and she was like she was like yeah she's like it, it's really kind of gross how people are saying that like kobe and his daughter you know were in this crash and and they're kind of dismissing the fact that there were other people involved and and i said to her i said you, you know that that's not really the case right like earlier this morning they probably couldn't release the names of the people that were uh, the other people that were involved because of the fact that they probably haven't notified everybody yet hadn't been contacted yeah and that was one of the things that the, the tmz got a lot of flack for you know last night was from especially from the police department that hey you know we hadn't even contacted the the relatives that you know and, and you kind of leak this out and you know it's a problem with the media these days that is a problem with the to media. do everything and, and honestly in tmz's defense if it wasn't them some other place would have said it but the fact remains that you shouldn't even be saying anything you should just be like oh my god tragic helicopter crash investigation ongoing you know and let it be let it be that until someone actually steps out and says well, okay we officially know this i think i think the fact that i th- pretty sure that that helicopter was owned by kobe it was it was a private helicopter yeah yeah it was so so as soon as they knew that it was his helicopter i mean they kind of put two and two together um and and you know of course you know that that's it is what it is and my wife's like you know it's just too bad that they're not giving the other folks you know as much you know mention as as they are kobe and and i said well you know it's hard to you know they even want it right you know it's like since then i've seen some statements like the other family someone a couple of the other families were like um you know we appreciate and are devastated of course by these events and we would just like to ask for privacy like please don't don't bug us just let us let us sure oh yeah absolutely i mean and i'm sure honestly like kobe's wife and the rest of the family there they 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 don't want cameras yeah and their their house is going to be so buried in reporters like in my, helicopters my heart, and drones and just oh it's a terrible way to go through a tragedy like that yeah and, and they just had another another child like yeah like at the end i think it was in november yeah um which is unfortunate and my heart goes out to to all the families and, and everything that that's just you know i i can't imagine having to 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 go on without you know your spouse or without your your, your daughter or your son or you know like that just should hope you know that unfortunately that should not be a, a, an option for folks uh but but it is and 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 it's just it's heartbreaking um yeah it, it's it's just too bad and and i'm sorry that uh you know i i, I hope that uh you know my my little story was was uh you know just kind of showed you what uh an inside look at what kobe was like uh, at least at one point in his life i don't know you know how he was later on but you know early on in his in his career he seemed like a, a pretty nice guy from from what i could tell uh, did you really, see the you tribute know, they did for him there the game that night oh uh, the 24 second uh, yeah both teams took the 24 second yeah. uh shot clock violation yeah and i think that's that's typical i i the news came out today that they're they're you know they're rescheduling uh the lakers uh clippers game that's supposed to go on tomorrow night um, they're going to push that back to a later date, which is 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 uh, probably a smart move. 
um, to let the community kind of have their their time to grieve and, and everything and and uh, the crowd you know. outside of the arena when yeah. they put up that memorial thing was massive well even even the crowd at his high school you know is yeah. you know you're starting to hear rumors of you know reports of not rumors but you're starting to hear reports of folks that were just coming to his his high school and leaving yeah. you know some sort of memorial and memento and and uh you know i yeah uh I know, like I said, I know this isn't the typical content for, for this. Yeah, this uh, is not, not usually what you have on Victor <laughs> Yeah, it, but, uh, but uh, I thought it was something that, that, that probably needed to be uh, addressed and, and needed to be spoken about because, you know, like, like Ben said, you know, he, he is one of those players that kind of transcended a lot of, uh, you know. Well, uh, like I don't follow basketball really at all, like much like Ben, like really doesn't uh, seem to follow what he's Ben, ben either, is an but... avid LeBron fan. <laughs> but no, like, uh, even even Skyhook. i know the man's name i hook from kareem like i know i know for the sports that i don't follow i know the icons and that's why i know kobe bryant he was an icon yeah. in basketball yeah yeah um yeah just a just a, a phenomenal player uh just the, has that uh, had that killer instinct he definitely you know uh you couldn't probably say that early on in his career that, that he had that killer mentality and like that, 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 that he could make those shots. Like Ben was saying about, uh, you know, when you throw it in the ga- the, the uh, trash can you from, from, from way downtown, it would be Kobe Bryant. Yeah. <laughs> once once you get seen... to be in, once you get to, you get, once you get something like the, the whole Kobe thing going, that's when you know, you've really cemented yourself in culture. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like people who don't even play basketball are, uh, I've, Co-workers at work, nurses who are like like 25, 30-ish, who will throw something into the garbage and be like, Kobe. And yeah. nine times out of ten, they can't hit the broadside of a bar. <laughs> they're nurses, but they're not basketball. That, but that <laughs> you know, the funny thing is that was Kobe in his early years. You know, it, people don't realize that that you know, Kobe, his first year or two in the league, I know it's especially his first year, he averaged like six points a game. Like he really didn't get a whole lot of playing time because he was a high school kid. Yeah. Like who's who's gonna give your like? That's a big ask for. Yeah, exactly. Kind of you're not thing. gonna yeah. give. You're not gonna like pass up a, a guy that's been playing in the league for a while and give it to some you know 18 year old that uh, you know thinks he's all that. But and all looking at him like, who are you, scrub? <laughs> and, and, and I remember at the I remember to this day that uh, you know one of his first times in in one of his first like seasons he had the shot at the end and he missed it and at the after the end of the after the game was over the coach says this will be forgotten because by the time his career is over he'll have made so many of those shots that this will be a nothing that this will be just just a footnote it'll yeah it'll be like oh yeah that one time when he did yeah. that and then the other 905 but times that was the type of you know confidence that the coach had you know the, the coaching staff had in him even when he first entered into the league yeah so, anyway uh you know like i said i i'm as a father the 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 whole tragedy uh, affected me a lot and it still affects me and and i hope um you know everybody that listens to this podcast you know, don't take for granted the folks that, that are around you, you know, because you never know uh, when they might be taken from you. You know, 
just go and yeah. tell the folks that you love that you love them and, and hug the hug your kids tight and you know send them a text give them a yeah, hug yep. exactly make sure that uh make sure that they know that they, that they're loved and that they're appreciated and that you care for them because you know you never know when you might not have that opportunity to do it uh, again so um yeah i i uh i, I want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in tonight and like i said um you know, I I know that we don't usually tend to to talk about sports uh, topics. <laughs> usually, but, we're uh, like sports, sports ball, yay! Yeah, and and when <laughs> and I felt bad at the when we we have a Facebook chat with all the guys and and uh, I said, uh, hey, I'd like to talk about the whole Kobe tragedy if, <laughs> and the 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 helicopter tragedy. Uh, you know, if you guys don't we mind, we were all cause... like, uh, we don't really have a ton to say about that. But you go, Doug. <laughs> poor, 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 <laughs> poor, poor, all the other guys that uh, couldn't, uh, you know, that that uh, don't follow sports as much as I do. And, and uh, uh, this wasn't even really a sports thing. Well, it wasn't, it was a little it's, bit, it's, it was... about, it, it's, it's related to sports, but it's beyond sports. Yeah. It, it just, it just shows you like, like it's okay to be competitive. Like Kobe, Kobe was competitive, he was a competitive guy. We we play games, you know. We, we this is what this channel does. It it, yeah. it it focuses on games. But you know what? It's okay to be competitive. But at the end of the day, what does it really matter? You know what what matters most? The people that love you. What's your motto? Winning isn't the only victory condition when you get to the table. There you go. You know. <laughs> you know. At the end of the, the day, it's, it's it's yeah exactly. It's the people that you have around you that that, that, that love you and that care for you and that you care about and you know it, don't let loss be the thing that teaches you how much something is worth exactly i love That's, that i love that that is the worst thing in the world because i've had that happen to me personally when i lost my dad i had no idea i had no concept of what life would be like yeah. and now that i do i value everything so much more and it sucks that it takes losing something like that to really teach you the value of things sure. but and you and like we can say, hey, you know, go go hug everyone you love and everything like that. And everybody's like, oh yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. Eh, tomorrow's not exactly a guarantee all the time, yeah. folks. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So, all right, folks, that's gonna do it for this uh, this episode. I thank you. I hope uh, you know. Hopefully, we didn't bring it down. It was more of a hey, you know what? You know, let's all make sure that we're doing do what we need to do and, and make sure that we, we appreciate everybody and love you, everybody and making sure that everybody knows that they're loved. And we, I appreciate do you guys coming on, of course, the show and, and doing the show with me and, and uh, you guys are good friends and I appreciate and care about you guys. I know it's kind of savvy, but whatever, <laughs> whatever. We'll beat that we'll, out of you. Don't, eventually. Don't you worry. We'll be, we'll be cutting each other down again next week, but yeah, exactly. no remorse. <laughs> so. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in. I want to thank uh, Ben Higgins, uh, Barney Smith, Jason Hunt for being on this chaotic good cast. It was chaotic, but it was so good. We'll see you next week. From way downtown. Bang. That's a basketball term, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs>